Welcome to Info Product Mastery, the podcast that helps developers, educators, and entrepreneurs launch and grow their online education businesses. Whether you're building a passive income stream or trying to create a full-time living, I'm your host, Adrian Rosebrock. So over the years, I, I share my story with people, how I started PyMH Search, how I grew it, and they really see the value of creating this passive income stream or even being able to one day quit their job, have full autonomy of their lives. And it's alluring to them, certainly with good reason. But the number one question I tend to get asked is, how do I pick a topic to teach others, to educate them in? Then shortly after that, the next question is, how do I know people will pay for my book or my course on that specific topic? Both are honestly great questions and both have to be addressed if you're going to brainstorm ideas for an info product business. And honestly, a single episode isn't going to be able to cover them both in detail. That's something I could talk about for days. To get, get us started though, we're going to bite off the low-hanging fruit just to get your gears turning, get some ideas going. By the end of this episode, you should have a really good idea on how to brainstorm topics and also validate whether or not people will actually pay for an education material on that specific topic. So when it comes to picking a topic, there's really two schools of thought. The first is that you should leverage what you're already an expert in. Or there's a second option where you can pick a topic that's tangential to what you already know and what you want to hopefully become an expert in. And as you learn, you blog and you create YouTube videos as you go through the process of teaching yourself. Both have their merits. Both have their pros and cons, and we'll dissect them a bit today. But let's start with the first one, which is arguably the easiest one, the most intuitive one, and that's to leverage what you're already an expert at. So if you're a professional developer and you've been working in the field for a few years, honestly, you're, you're an expert in something already. Now let's take an example. Perhaps you work for a company developing WordPress plugins. That means you have experience with WordPress, with PHP, with SQL, and maybe even have some front-end technology experience with uh, JavaScript as well. The WordPress marketplace, man, that is a huge and lucrative area. There are, there's a lot of money to be made developing WordPress plugins. And learning how to develop a WordPress plugin, that isn't necessarily easy either. I've personally purchased like a Udemy course on how to develop WordPress plugins because at one point I was doing a lot of work in WordPress and I wanted to understand it better. So I went out and I bought a course and I educated myself on it. My point here is that you can use your expert domain knowledge. You could build a course on how to develop WordPress plugins using your existing domain knowledge. Now, here's, here's a true story that I think really drives home this point. My friend Nate graduated from college with a bachelor's degree in graphic design. He started coding in his free time, and he, he found out he really, really enjoyed it. And his job paid for him to take a front-end JavaScript development boot camp. Now he's a super talented front-end developer, and he can do design very well, too. He's this insanely valuable asset to the company because most people who code can't design and most people who design can't code. This is an, also a really great perspective for someone who wanted to create an info product business because Nate could teach designers how to code because he can speak to both people. He knows how intimidated designers can be of learning how to code, but he's been through that process. He's proof that it can be done if you put in the work. So if I were Nate and I were to start an info product business, I'd probably consider going that route. I'd say leverage your knowledge of design by speaking to designers and teach them how to code because there's not many courses that are designed for these graphic designers to get them up to speed in coding. Just a different mental framework and Nate could speak to that very, very well. 
Another great example is, is my own personal story. I started coding when I was 14. And you know, by the time I was 19, I was writing production-level PHP for a popular website that had millions of eyeballs on it every month. And in college, I used my existing programming skills to quickly become proficient in Python. And of course, I studied computer vision in grad school. So when I got to my final semester of grad school, when I started PyMH Search, I looked at my skills and I realized, okay, you're, you're an expert programmer and you know the Python programming language like the back of your hand. And while you're certainly not an expert in computer vision yet, you're, you're farther along than most graduates in your field and you can learn the rest along the way. And that's ultimately what led to me starting PyM Research and running it and building it and, and growing it. My point here is that don't be intimidated by the word expert. It's a relative term and it slides based on who is looking at you. As a developer to the general population, you are an expert already. And to budding developers fresh out of college, you are an expert to them as well. You have the required domain knowledge already in your head to create an info product, create an ebook or a course. The next step is to take 30 minutes and just brainstorm what you're already an expert in. And from there say, are there any of these topics that I'd be willing to write content or create video tutorials on? Then the next step after that, you say, are there people who are willing to pay for this content? That's something called market validation, which we'll dive into in the next episode. So at this point, if I have this conversation with someone who's interested in creating a book or a course, you know, I'll go through this, these two schools of thought and you know, we'll chat back and forth and their response will be, but I'm not an expert in anything. And to them, I say, you know, give yourself more credit. Be, be more honest with yourself. You're very intelligent and you have a unique set of skills. And most of the time I hear this, I know it's because of one of three situations. The first is there's not enough self-reflection and effectively not enough effort was put into it. And I, I tell them, be serious with this exercise. Do you honestly want to build an info product company? Do you want a passive income stream? Do you want to one day quit your job or maybe even retire early? Like, honestly, think about those questions. Like, is this the path that you want to take? And if not, okay, that's fine. There's no harm in saying that. Just now you know and you can move on. But if you do want to put in the effort, good. Now we know. So now you need to put in the time. Don't skip out on this exercise. It's really, really important. Without a proper brainstorming session, you won't be able to get your business off the ground. The second reason I may hear this retort is that maybe the person just doesn't have enough self-esteem to truly realize the gifts that they can give to the world. And hey, that's okay. There was certainly a time when I thought of myself this way, when I didn't have the self-esteem. And you just have to accept and realize that it's only imposter syndrome and don't worry about it. Every one of us in some capacity or another is an imposter. Don't deny your true knowledge. It exists. Embrace what you know. Don't be afraid to share it with others. This, of course, takes courage. And if you're nervous, take a few small steps. Perhaps comment on some threads on Reddit or Stack Overflow or LinkedIn from people asking questions that you know the answers to. You want, you want to have that practice. You want to get yourself out there. Maybe get yourself out of your shell a little bit more. It takes time, but it's something you need to do, and it will build up your confidence. Over time, you'll see that you really are an expert in that topic. And finally, and rarely, maybe they are right. They, they aren't actually an expert at anything yet. And I, I highlight that word, yet. This is really rare, though, and I often find it's just specific to kids who are in their early 20s, just wrapping up college, and they don't have a ton of real-world experience yet. And if that's you, 
don't worry, you're actually in a really great position for the reason I'm about to explain. So just to recap what we've heard so far, you learned the first school of thought, which is build an info product or a course based off of what you're already an expert in. And then we talked about this popular retort that I hear people saying of, oh, I'm not an expert in anything. Now we're going to come to this second way to brainstorm ideas for a book or a course. And it's a little bit of a longer play. It takes more effort, but it can actually be much more beneficial in the long run. And that's to become an expert in a topic tangential to what you already know. This is a great path if you don't believe you're already an expert in something, or you're already an expert in something, but the market is too crowded and the only way you'd be able to compete is on price. For example, you're an expert Python programmer, but you know the how to learn Python space is just so super crowded that you need to differentiate yourself further. You need to have some sort of niche within the Python space to build your castle, to build your business. So basically what you're doing is you're looking to find this, this sub-niche. And again, you're not an already an expert in this sub-niche, but what you're going to do is you're going to blog about the learning experience or you're going to create YouTube videos as you go. And you share these tutorials with others on platforms like Reddit, LinkedIn, or Facebook groups. Over time, you learn the topic. And arguably what's more important is you develop a following who are also learning with you. You're very relatable to these people because you were once a novice yourself. And people value that because it creates this clear path to success for them. People pay for a path to success because it's something that can be replicated. It's something they could walk. It's something that they can measure themselves on and be like, oh, I'm making progress. It's that dopamine hit that they get in their brain of like, oh man, I just completed this topic. Now I'm going to move on to the next one. That's incredibly valuable to people. Over time, you're going to become an expert in this topic. And since you already have an audience, it makes it easier to sell your books and your courses. And I think a great example of this is when the Go programming language was announced back in 2009. Back then, no one really understood it or knew what it was really about. But since it was built and designed by Google, people felt compelled to learn it. So essentially, by Google releasing the Go programming language, they created a brand new market. This market was all about existing developers who wanted to learn Go. So by 2010, 2011, I saw programmers who could code in other languages creating tutorials for Go. They had never written a line of code in Go in their life. And they were learning as they went along, but they blogged and they created tutorials during that learning process. And one of these guys, he developed a really substantial following. And he talked, honestly, just about the fundamentals. He talked about syntax, how it was different from other programming languages, uh, static typing in Go, and how Go facilitated network and multiprocessing. He was already a programmer. He already knew how to code. And thus, he could get himself up to speed with new languages and teach others. You can do the same. And had this person chosen to monetize his blog, he could have easily done so by creating ebooks or courses because he already had that following. My point here is that opportunity is, is everywhere. Don't be afraid to throw your hat in the ring. It doesn't matter if you're not already an expert in a given niche. You can become an expert in that niche through education, through teaching yourself, by doing the hard work. The only thing you need to do is write about that process or create video tutorials as you're teaching yourself, put it out there. I guarantee you people are going to find it valuable because if you're struggling with an issue, there are at least 10 other people who are struggling with the same issue. One other point I want to make is that even if you start with a topic that you're an expert in, 
you're eventually going to wander into a subtopic that you don't know. That's, that's totally natural. Markets move. New technology and programming languages are constantly being created. I was about one to one and a half years into running PyMage Search when deep learning really took off. And at that point, I had a good amount of experience with machine learning and neural networks, thanks to my PhD research, but not at the level required to teach others deep learning. So I, I did what any other academic would do, basically. I taught myself deep learning, but the difference was that I was blogging as I was doing it. And thanks to my background, it luckily didn't take me very long to become an expert in machine learning, but I had to commit and I had to see how the market was moving. That was my motivation. I was like, wow, there is this sub-niche of artificial intelligence that's completely just overhauling the world of computer science. I don't want to miss out on this. So I put my back against the wall and I studied it and I learned it. My point here is I didn't stay locked into my specific niche, which was OpenCV library in the Python programming language. I allowed myself to be a bit more fluid and to cover tangential topics. That fluidity created explosive growth in the business, and I was able to ride a super large, powerful wave that honestly reshaped nearly every aspect of computer science. If, on the other hand, I had this fixed mindset, that would have never happened, and I would have missed out. So keep that in mind when you're working on info products. You may need to pivot every now and then to catch the full wind in your sales. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you stay true to yourself and what your customer needs are. So listen to your customers, listen to your readers, listen to your YouTube viewers. They're going to give you invaluable feedback that you could use to create new products, to iterate them, and maybe even to go off in different niches, which could be more lucrative to you in the long run. If you have any questions about this episode or suggestions for future episodes, send me an email at questions at infoproductmastery.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.